0: Welcome to The Beat with JoJo Doman, powered by Husker Online. Nebraska linebacker JoJo Doman gives you an in-depth look at the Husker football program and beyond. The Beat is brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate. Hello and welcome again here to another edition of The Beat Podcast. Sean Callahan, JoJo Doman, we've got a fun show on tap here today. He As just three left to go here, uh, JoJo, um, and you know, it. We kind of pushed last week's show. We had to kind of wait until yep. we got the all clear. That's right. <laughs> As you're, And by the way, we're brought to you by Edgewater Insurance Real Estate, a proud title sponsor here of The Beat. But um, Thursday was quite the day for you, uh, Joe, and I want to get on that right away here out of the gates. Uh, you made it official um, that your time is done in Nebraska. You had surgery on Monday, and Thursday you officially closed the book, but you're still part of the program what was Thursday like for you? Um, I don't think anyone's necessarily prepared to say a goodbye to a place like Nebraska that you've been at for six years, but you said your goodbye to Nebraska and just all the response, everything you got. I mean, I was overwhelmed by just the engagement and the, the response that you've received from thousands of Nebraska fans and college football fans from around the country. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, it was tough. It was tough, man. And as, as, as joyful as it was to receive all the feedback, there's definitely a part of me that's sad. You know, I'll never get this back. I'm going to be, before I know it, in a rocking chair thinking about talking about, yo, my days back in Nebraska. I'm going to be in the league here in a little bit talking about, yeah, I played in Nebraska. Oh, you guys were only this good. Da, da, da. It doesn't matter. Like, this place is so much bigger than just wins and losses. This is a historic program where football. Football is at the forefront um, and is a priority, and I w- and that's why I came here. I wanted to play for a school where football was important. And even though the wins and losses don't reflect um, everything we put into this place, I mean, it is, it is where it is right now uh, for a reason. And we have to all work through this together. The coaches, the administration, the fan base, and the players, like we all have to work together and create this momentum towards uh, a winning culture, um, on and off the field. And, uh, to receive all the feedback that I got throughout the week was overwhelming. I, uh, I did try to go through, I was so overwhelmed. I was like, sheesh, I got to go through and like all these. Cause I, I, I read them and I just went through and I liked hundreds. Well, then you had lots of quote tweets hundreds. too. I didn't even get to those. I,
0: I think I probably only saw a fraction of like the media people usually quote tweet because they want to like get the tweet on their page two but yeah i mean the amount of quote i mean it was incredible i i I was like wow i knew you'd get a lot of response but i mean when i left to go to nashville on the weekend it was over six thousand likes yeah i don't know what it's at but it was it was overwhelming and
1: my heart goes out to husker nation and i'm just so appreciative of being brought in like family and um i look forward to continuing our relationship moving forward and continuing to create new
0: bonds um, moving forward well i think what people respect about your time here jojo is you obviously dealt with injuries. You dealt with coach changes. You've dealt with politics and we won't get into that kind of stuff, but you've just dealt with a lot and you didn't let it get in the way. You did your talking on Saturday afternoons on the football field. Damn right. And screw the injuries, screw other politics and other factors that are your control. You controlled what you control that Nebraska. And I think that's what Nebraska fans really respect you about over these last six years.
1: Yeah, and that's something my mom instilled in me growing up was you can just control what you can control. And, you know, I was uh, I was pretty adamant about fulfilling the shoes um, at Nebraska and, and growing into myself and growing into that uniform. And it happened to be a more growth-oriented process off the field that translated on the field. Be- through my injuries and through the adversity, through the coaching changes, I had to grow off the field as a man. At my soul I had to level up and mature and then once I got healthy and now I'm on the football field, all of that helped fuel my growth on the field to where now I'm 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 balling and I'm able to just, you know, play without thinking. Like I'm feeling out there. When I'm out there it's so blissful. It's blissful. Like I can't even describe it deeper than that. Like it feels like I'm in a fairy tale. So I could not, I, can, I don't even really have the words to describe how thankful and, and grateful I am for this experience, for this place right here. And like I said, like, I want to continue to grow this relationship because it, it does mean that much to
0: me. You're listening here to the Beat Podcast with JoJo Doman. And one of the cool things we've done all year on the Beat Podcast is the Husker Heartbeat Give Back with our title sponsor, Edgewater Insurance, each week on the Beat. We give $1,000 from Edgewater and JoJo Doman to a different local charity group. And this week's uh, recipient of the, the $1,000 here in the Husker Heartbeat Giveback is Completely Kids. And uh, pleased to be joined by Madeline renner uh, Nabaret. Um Thanks again, Madeline, for uh, coming on with us today. And we're honored uh, to get a chance uh, to give $1,000 here to your organization, Completely Kids.
2: Yes, thank you so much for having me. And I want to thank Edgewater Insurance and JoJo Doman for their donation and just the opportunity to talk about Completely Kids.
0: Well, yeah, let's talk more about the organization because you guys obviously do a lot of things. Um, you, know, you assist over 2,000 kids ages 4 to 14 uh, with a number of programs and, and, and things that you guys offer. Uh, give our listeners an idea uh, of what you guys do for thousands of kids each year.
2: Yes, so Completely Kids is a local nonprofit in the metro area. And as you stated, we serve more than 2,000 kids a year. Um, We believe in a holistic approach to serving the kids in our program. And our different initiatives support that specific approach. So we have after-school programming. We provide mental health services. We have adult education classes, um, such as GED and ESL. Um, We have a program specifically for teens. to get them their first job, you know, help them with their resume. Um, And then we also have a food initiative where we send bags of food home with our kids every weekend. Um, And we were actually the first nonprofit in the area to do that.
1: Madeline, how can our listeners get involved?
2: Yeah, so um, our website, um, completelykids.org, has all of our information on there. Um, On our website, they can donate. um, They can learn more about our different programs. Um, for our weekend food program we take volunteers so if they'd like to join us in the building and pack food for our kids um, that information is on our website as well
0: how big uh, a question here just about the last year I'm sure um, with a lot of schools going fully remote um, organizations like completely kids needed this money more than ever to make sure kids were getting the things they need at home
2: yes um, we you know, when OPS and all the schools went remote, uh, went virtual, we did as well. So um, we still provided our after-school programming on, on our virtual space. Um, and we really utilize volunteers to get that, um, that weekend food to them. So, um, you know, donations and volunteers, they keep our um, agency going. So we appreciate any support.
0: Well, Natalie, we're honored uh, to be able to donate $1,000 to Completely Kids, and um, so many are grateful for what you guys do for thousands of kids around the area each year. We appreciate the opportunity to, to get a chance to talk to you here on The Beat.
2: Thank you so much for having me.
0: All right, well, much more to come here as we're going to be joined in studio by freshman tight end Thomas Fedoni as uh, he's coming off his knee injury, and he'll join us next. You're listening here to The Beat. Hi, it's Sean Callahan with Husker Online. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right a company that sells phones, wants us to put down our phones and see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us. You're listening to The Beat with Jojo Doman, brought to you by Edgewater Insurance
2: and Real Estate.
0: And we're back here on The Beat podcast. Sean Callahan, Jojo Doman, as you heard, we're brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate Located from Omaha to Binkelman and everywhere in between, that's Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate, proud title sponsor here of the show. But this segment is brought to you by JoJo and I's favorite sports bar in Lincoln, Tanner's Bar and Grill, 30th and Yankee Hill Road. Mm-mm-mm. Are you gonna? Do you get in there over the bye weekend?
1: No, I didn't. I had to lay off the fried food this bye week after surgery.
0: Yeah, surgery. Uh, you know that, that you got, you got to watch yourself after that. A lot yeah. of medications and a lot of things you're you know trying to get yourself back <laughs> right. But uh, check out Tanner Sports Bar and Grill, um, and you know they'll have the Nebraska Wisconsin game on at two thirty. But you also want to get in there. They will have the Bud Crawford fight, and I know our next guest is a Bud Crawford fan. I I would assume
3: absolutely.
0: Um, absolutely. and JoJo, I don't know if you are, but Bud uh, Crawford fight. They they get all the fights at Tanner. So. Um, maybe that team plane will land in time where you guys can slip over to Tanner's and watch uh, Bud Crawford fight. Cause those fights don't usually start till late 10, 11 o'clock at night, right. but uh, get on in a Tanner sports bar and grill 30 in the Yankee Hill. They also have locations at Omaha, but let's bring in our next guest of the program. Uh, really one of the more highly touted freshmen to come to Nebraska in a number of years, the nation's number one tight end recruit out of council bluffs, Lewis Central, Thomas Fedoni, Thomas, welcome to the program. I'll we'll let JoJo take things over from here.
1: Number one tight end, but not a five-star.
3: Yes. What, what's that about? Shoot, man, I don't know. I mean, I, I think the, the tight end before me was a, was a five-star. He went to – committed to LSU. So, I mean, it was a tough scene. You know what? They're going to have to eat their, their stars
1: someday. I'll tell them that yeah. right now on the beat. Um, man, we got the future in the present moment. Thomas Fedoni in studio. Man, this dude was one of my favorite guys coming in. Yeah, I've seen this stuff on 24-7. I sometimes see this stuff on Twitter. But when I got my first look at you in that team meeting room when we were drafting teams. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who drafted you? You did, I remember. I drafted you. Yeah. Because I liked what I saw. <laughs> and I still like what I see. And this dude's got so much potential. He's a great dude. Uh, great football player. So,
3: Thomas what brought you to nebraska shoot um obviously it's a it's, it was local but really that's not the reason that i i came here probably some of the biggest reasons was um you know i saw myself getting uh playing a playing a big role here um freshman year obviously but you know that didn't plan out as we all thought it would and then coach Beckton. uh He's probably one of the biggest parts. Uh, he, I think, he's like an amazing coach. Uh, one of the best there is uh, at the tight end position. And then I had a great relationship with Coach Ross as well.
1: Yeah, you talked about your freshman year didn't go as everyone thought it would. What happened?
3: Yeah, obviously I got hurt. Um, uh, it was a knee injury and took me out for like almost over half the season, seven or eight, eight of the eight of the games. So coming back now, better than ever though. So. That's right, dude. I
1: remember when you tore it. I could tell you tore it by the look on your face. Um, yeah. As someone who's been there, yeah. And I kind of I bailed on the rest of practice, and yeah. I just went and chilled with Thomas. And I just wanted to be there for him, just because we built that relationship off the field. And then just to see you go down um, as a freshman, and I mean, I mean, I was lost my sophomore year. I can only imagine how lost I would have been my freshman year. And uh you graduated early and you were expecting big things for yourself and man, I like I still can
3: vividly remember it. No, I can't too. I remember I was uh, you know, having a tough time over there by the by the open doors in the trash can and you came over there and you sat by me for a while. Pretty sure you said a prayer. We both said a prayer and then, you know, practice went on and we uh developed our relationship after that, you know.
1: And then I got yelled at and had to jump back into practice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. And you also mentioned Coach Becton.
3: Yeah. What makes him special? Shoot, I think, you know, kind of speaks for himself. If you really know the guy, um, you can get to know the guy and develop a relationship with him. I mean, everyone in Nebraska and every coach here has a major respect for him, a different respect than they do for, you know, the other coaches, kind of like a veteran respect, Um, someone who's been been there, done big things, Um, like Coach Becton has. You know, he's a – He's in the hall of fame at uh, UCF. I mean, dude's a dude. He was a baller, and you know he's taught multiple positions. He knows the game of football like no one else, and he's a great coach. Um, he wants you to. He wants to help you become the best player that you can. And he's real hard on you. Um, he's, he's just a great coach, and I, I could see that through the relationship that we built through recruiting.
1: Oh yeah, I can I can I can sense that veteran presence that he has. Yeah, oh, he yeah. definitely demands that respect. Uh, Rewinding back to your ACL, take me into that space real quick. Like, what was the
3: hardest part of that process? Um, shoot. <laughs> like when I got hurt, like the time, like the day I got hurt, or just overall. Overall, what's been the hardest, most difficult aspect of it for you? Uh, probably kind of. We we kind of briefly like spoke on a little bit. Just like, you know. The person that I was coming into the program, who I was supposed to be, or, you know, who they thought I was supposed to be. Who at you the time. thought you were supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, who I thought, you know. Um, and then, obviously, kind of just, like, snap of fingers, everything changed. Um, I felt it. I knew exactly what it was. I, I ran. I got up and ran to the trainer. I told them what happened. I was like, yeah, this is what happened. I knew it, and uh, I called my dad, and I hate I hate talking about it. I called my dad, and I was crying and um he i told him i tore it and like he knew right away yeah why are you
1: giving me goosebumps right now bro come on
3: yeah it's tough
1: (laughs) bro from our dude our struggles our struggles are what shape us oh yeah you know there is no there is no joy without pain and usually our pain brings our greatest joy to us So on that note, where have you seen the most growth in
3: yourself? Oh shoot, from this process, probably mentally for sure. I was really, I was, um, I was extremely. You ask any of my friends from high school, like close friends, probably one of the most mentally strong people you ever meet. um, Coming in now, I feel like damn near unbreakable. um, Hell yeah! Just because, just because I feel like I've been through it. Um, like the worst thing to really happen to you as a football player, I feel like I've been through it, but I uh, came back way shorter than, or yeah, way shorter than I was expected to. I grinded hard um, in the rehab facility and then came back at like five and a half months and I've been balling or trying to, getting back there, getting back there anyway, for sure. Dude, you have been balling. <laughs>
1: and sure. when he, and when this kid told me that he'd be back at five months, I'm like, dude. Slow your roll, dog. It took me nine. This dude's 18. Yeah. Well, just turned 19. Just turned 19, going on five. This dude's a freak. And it just, I mean, it goes to show your mentality, it goes to show your work ethic and, and, and all
0: that you were out of a brace. Like I remember seeing you in May at that sports banquet where you were up for the oh, award, yeah, 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 and yeah, yeah. and you didn't. It was like a few weeks after the surgery, and you were you were in a brace still.
3: Yeah, it was like two. It was like two weeks. I remember that. I remember that. And I was
0: like, God, he's already like, and pe- people were like, "Where's his brace?" You know, like you look like you were already healthy again. Yeah, no, I remember.
3: I felt pretty good at that banquet actually. When well, you looked at me in the <laughs> eyes and you go,
0: "I'll be back." Like this is a show. I mean, you you talked about being unbreakable. I remember that night you were like.
3: You looked at me, and you're like, "This is a minor speed bump. Don't yeah. even worry about it." Yeah, I hate the I hate when people say it was. I hate I hate the word like, um, kind of just I hate the connotation that it brings, that the negative negativeness that it brings. I knew I'd be fine. It, just, it was just the the timing of it all just kind of sucked. But now that I look at it, I'm glad that it happened now instead of you know senior year, junior year. Um, when things are going really, really well. Well,
0: you know JoJo's been through two of these. Yes. Yeah, I know. So, I mean, I you talk about a guy that, and, and JoJo, you always told me the second one, that was, like, harder almost because everybody almost just wanted to stay away from you because they felt like you were, like, a bad luck charm. Like, man, this guy did it twice.
1: Right. Yeah, dude, that's, the second one was way tougher because, like, everything I thought that I healed from, like, came back to bite me in the ass. Yeah you know like the, the mentality and the, and the the physical health like both like yeah. mentally i th- i got over i thought i got over the hump and then when i get put back in that same situation i folded yeah i crumbled and it made me like i had to just keep building that foundation so
0: it's all about the foundation all right well let's pick this conversation back up with thomas fedoni here as uh, jojo and thomas uh, continue talking here as you're listening to the beat You're listening to The Beat with Jojo Doman, brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and
2: Real Estate.
0: And we're back here on The Beat. Sean Callahan, Jojo Doman, uh, joined by Thomas Fedoni, Nebraska's talented freshman tight end. In studio, as we're brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate with locations from Omaha to Binkelman and everywhere in between. That's Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate. But this segment of the program brought to you by Gary Michaels Clothiers on 56th. Pine Lake Road, they are the official outfitters of the Nebraska football team now. As I saw Thomas Fedoni wearing that nice Gary Michaels charcoal gray suit and red tie. How'd that suit fit you, Thomas? I don't think... Did you get a suit?
3: No, I haven't worn a suit yet.
0: So you haven't done the unity walk with the suit on? Okay, I, I misspoke there. You, you better get your suit.
3: I know. But damn, you'd
0: look good in one. <laughs>
3: yeah, I've got fitted, but I haven't got one. Yet. You
0: He's got to get this. JoJo, you got to get... Did you go into Gary Michaels yet? Yeah, I didn't go in yet. So jo- they're going to get JoJo all set up here, obviously, before the draft process, get him lined up oh, with some yeah. gear. But that's Gary Michaels, Clothiers, 56 and Pine Lake Road, as uh, you will see those Gary Michaels suits um, again one more time on the Husker football team before the Iowa game when they make the Unity walk in against the Hawkeyes. But, Thomas, I want to lead this discussion off about your recruiting process because I have covered recruiting in the area as long as anybody has, I mean, because – you know, it really just started becoming a fun phenomenon in the early 2000s where people really started covering it. Yeah. And I don't recall a guy locally that drew the attention you got. And I remember junior, your junior year in that January, it was insane. And that was the last window coaches got to go on the road before COVID shut everything down. And I remember just going to your high school and like Harbaugh was there and, Georgia's coaches were there. Iowa's coaches were there. I mean, you LSU. Bill Bush, who is now yep, yep, on yep. your coaching staff at Nebraska, was coming in for LSU. I mean, you had everybody under the sun coming in. That had to just be an unbelievable process for you or experience um, as a as a kid just growing up in Council Bluffs, Iowa, to have that much stuff going on at one time.
3: Oh yeah, no, it was a it was a great experience. I remember, obviously, you know about Max and Logan. I remember Max was, you know, getting highly recruited because he was older than Logan, so he got recruited a little bit before Logan did. So Max got he was getting recruited. and I remember Max always getting called to the, to the, you know, to talk to the coach. I was like, you know, damn, I want that to be. I can't wait, you know, to I get that opportunity. And then happened to Logan, and Logan was doing it. And then you know, I remember one day, like, you know, we got I kind of bumped into some coaches at the at one of the. Um, high school in the hallway the with, bump yeah the the bump they can't talk to you but they talk to you yeah that, that type <laughs> yeah. of bump oh hey and hey oh yeah it's probably it was a really cool experience for me because this my coach was like you know this is it's probably gonna be the next guy to look at you know here and it was just it was just great to have someone say that and you know kind of feel like okay this is this is a possibility this is real like you know type
0: you ever think about this if nil would have been known when you were a recruit. I mean, there would have probably been some fairly insane deals. I mean, I'm sure that crosses your mind. And we talked off air, you haven't gotten too heavily in the NIL because you haven't gotten on the field yet. But, you know, if you were a recruit right now with what you went through over a year ago, I have to think your NIL and recruiting, at least just like the lines in the water coming out to you, would have been pretty insane.
3: Yeah, I think it would have been pretty cool for sure. Uh, But, yeah, I haven't haven't really focused on it too much uh, since this hat came out.
1: You almost spilled the beans on your first offer, dude. What, what's the deal?
3: Yeah, so my first offer is pretty crazy. I was at, uh, what do they call it? Like a, like a you get invited for like lunch uh, or it's like, like dinner. A, like a junior, a day? junior day? Yeah. Junior day, yeah. It was my first junior day um, at Iowa. And I, was, I went, you know, I talked to all of the coaches, you know, you go through the tour or whatever. And uh, I was texting back and forth with my friend Logan, who was committed to Iowa at the time. And, you know, he was texting me. He was like, yo, tell me what happens. And he, I remember him telling me this. He goes, if you get pulled into the office with a bunch of watches, you're going to get an offer. And I, remember, I remember this really vividly. So, anyways. Huh. So, I never got pulled into this office until really late. So, I remember I talked to the Titans coach, uh, Coach Ferentz at the time. or No, still is Titans coach, I think. Um, Brian Ferentz? Yeah, Coach Brian Ferentz. Talked to him for a while. I talked to Kirk Ferentz for a while. And then I talked to the talked to Coach Woods, uh at Lavar. Yeah, Coach Lavar Woods from Iowa. He's I think he's a great dude. I Love him. Um Dude, Craig represented him in the league. No kidding. Yep. Yeah, he's a great dude. I love I, I love Coach Woods. He he's probably the strongest ship I had at Iowa. Um but anyway, so I kind of just got sent home. I got sent home after the junior day and they couldn't text us, because, uh, like I was too young. You're still a sophomore. Yeah, I was still a sophomore. I was too young. So couldn't text us so i we went we went in and ate at this like local restaurant and logan the kid who's committed there text me because we and we could call them but they couldn't text us so he texted me goes yo you need to call coach so and so i don't want to say his name cause i don't want to give him trouble and so i called him and he's like hey i'm gonna come where are you at right now i was like i'm, I'm eating with my family he goes okay i'm gonna be there in a little bit so he came came here and, and met us and i was like okay so I'm, i don't know what's going on but hopefully it is what i think it is and he met us there and took me back to the facility. And then I got pulled into my office with all the watches. The watches. And I was watches. like, no way the this watches. is gonna happen. Yeah. You slipped through the cracks and got out of there before they could get you and yeah. they got you back in. Yeah, it was cool. It was, it was a crazy experience and I, I got the offer and it it felt so surreal like it didn't really happen just because it was like everything I've ever dreamed of. you know. So it was cool, it was a really cool experience. Who was your second offer? How, 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 quick, how quickly did the number two offer come? Oh shoot, I think it might have been the next game visit. Uh, That next weekend or two weekends after that, uh, whenever the next game was, I don't remember who Nebraska
0: was was fairly early, though, right?
3: Yeah, they were like uh, my
0: third or fourth. I think I feel like Nebraska and Iowa, like they go back and forth as like if Iowa offers first, Nebraska doesn't want to like immediately offer the next day. Like they like they'll want to say like, well, you know, we're evaluated and we want to offer you like they wait. And Iowa's the same way, you know, because they kind of battle locally for. The same kids, you know, in this Omaha, western Iowa area. Yeah. And, you know, they go back and forth. And, obviously, um, you know, Bellevue West kid is doing really well now at Iowa. Um Johnson. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah he's done. So, it, it's kind of, you know, there's a pretty good healthy rivalry with Iowa and Nebraska. And I'm sure when you told them you were going to Nebraska, they weren't happy.
3: No. And no, I remember, I, I could have gotten Nebraska, but it could have possibly been my first offer. But they didn't. uh it was, it was at a camp. I remember I was at a camp, and I did really well. Coach Beck was there, he was like, he was kind of following me all around in a way, just like help me out, show me kind of the ropes and like the camp and they have that um, fastest man race at the end of every camp that yeah. they used to. And I remember, I'll never forget, Coach Beck was right behind me, he goes, this, he's gonna win, he's this, this gonna win, and it was out of everybody. And they're like, you run and they come back out of the winners and it was out of everybody and I ended up winning the whole thing, so that was pretty cool.
1: Now that's hype for sure. Yeah, was pretty cool. How many offers did you end up with total? You probably lost uh, count.
3: 38, but. I Jeez. think. 38 offers,
1: I think. Jeez. Like, there's a point, though,
0: <laughs> when you're a recruit like that, do people just fall off and kind of know? You know, Yeah. Like, you know, in dating, like, you're, I got no chance to get this girl out with me, so I just kind of have to just kind of back off. Or did
3: 15, 20 teams stay on you, like, hard the whole way? Well, there was definitely a few that stayed on pretty hard. Uh, but then there was a few that were really weird that I swear just offered – just to say they offered. Uh, it was weird, I remember, I told I told Miami no, I didn't want the offer. Uh, just because was, it was too late in my recruiting process at the time and I probably wouldn't have been able to pay much attention to them. And they said okay. And then like a day later, two days later, like no, screw that, we're gonna offer you. But then they never talked to me after that. Yeah, it was Yeah, they were playing hardball, like no, we do want you. Yeah, it was just. Seeing if they could get you. Yeah, so it was just, it was a weird, it was a really awesome experience. One that I'll never forget, I wish I could've like experienced it to the full extent with my visits and everything without COVID and then the you know, all American game and everything like that. They got cancelled, so but it is what it is. Yeah. Transition a little bit, uh your freshman class, you know.
1: I came in here with thirty five plus dudes and there are three of us Markel, Dismuke, Ben Stilley and me. Um I didn't think that's how it goes, but that's just how it goes. Yeah. What are who who are some guys in this class that you see
3: um, a lot of potential in that you think are going to be successful here? Shoot, obviously, you know I like to say everybody because um, everybody I think is studs. But people I think you know, obviously the first two I'm gonna say is Gabe and Teddy. You know they both already played here and they both played at a high level when they played. Gabe's a stud. Um, similar thing with him. You know, just unlucky timing with everything but like same thing with me he's gonna be better because of it and same thing with teddy man he was balling against the uh so-called best player in college football right now um he was balling he was doing great you know i don't think he let up a sack or anything like that and uh you know he kind of just things went that way and not the way that teddy wanted him to and then obviously um I think Heinrich is gonna be a stud. He's got a ton of potential. The kid's got a crazy arm and he's built like Justin Herbert. Um, it's also his favorite quarterback, so it kinda works out. Um, I think once Henry gets things rolling and he like oh, he, yeah. he kinda he kinda fits into like once he gets used to the offense and everything, which I don't know I don't know what exactly uh, his whole deal is right now, but that kid's gonna be a stud too. I agree. We got a lot of studs. Um In the freshman class,
1: yeah, dude, those four guys you listed, I, I I see it too. Yeah, and now you live with Gabe and H. Yep, right. Yep, yep. that's a good group to live with. I mean, from experience, like you got to surround yourself with people with the same dreams and goals as you. Oh, absolutely.
0: If if you want to really
1: get pushed to achieve those, so yeah, yes, sir.
0: All right, well, we're gonna come back one more segment here as the time is flying by. Thomas, you've been great to have on. It's been fun just to sit down and shoot the breeze here with Thomas Fedoni. You're listening here to the Beat
3: you're listening to the
0: beat with jojo Doman, brought to you by edgewater insurance and real estate and we're back here on the beach sean callahan jojo Doman, thomas fedoni for one more segment as you heard we're brought to you by edgewater insurance and real estate with locations to omaha and and everywhere in between it's edgewater insurance and real estate proud title sponsor here of the program but this segment of the show brought to you by pioneer an american seed brand since 1926 Pioneer is proud to work with generations of American farmers in the most complex, rewarding industry on earth from your friends at Pioneer. Thank you, farmers. And let's go one more here with Thomas Fedoni. Are you showing off? I, I kind of like to show off a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. that, that Edgewater read is just getting pretty smooth. Yeah. Like yeah. we've You're been doing this. This is our 16th show, 16 weeks, and we got two more to go. Yeah, what everyone didn't see was you did that with your eyes closed which was impressive
1: but uh jumping back into it tommy man talking about the coaches changes that have taken place in the last week i went through some i've been through several coaching changes yeah Uh, i lost the guy that brought me here you didn't lose that guy but you still lost um pieces to the puzzle what's been your mentality the last week and a half um around that circumstance
3: yeah, um, like it didn't affect me, but it affected my two roommates, um, you know, yeah. Heinrich and Gabe. Um, I guess it didn't affect me in the way that the coaches left because i not my coach, but it affected me because I was close to them. Um, that, that's what I kind of meant to say. But, you no, know, I liked them all. I, I loved them all. Um, coach uh, Coach Raduzko brought a great energy uh, that was hard to match. Coach G was just a great person, and he, he was a great coach too. He's gonna, you know all of them all of them are gonna find somewhere and, and coach held um you know obviously the running backs coach is also a great person and you know he he knew how to give a speech that's for sure yeah he did he knew how to give a speech um he was he, they were all great dudes and coach lubick he, he was a i told him i remember when he was up for the montana state head coaching job i was like yo I, I remember i told him i said you gotta stay you gotta stay and help us out help us get to that we know that where we want to be and you know, it just sucks to have seeing them all leave, but and I, I just feel worse for my roommates. But I know we're gonna be, we're gonna be all right. No doubt, you gotta trust the process. Oh yeah. And you came to Nebraska for Nebraska. Yep.
1: And that's something that you know each and every young man has to face that that dilemma. Yeah. Did did I come here for the coach? Or did I come here to play for Nebraska? Yeah. And to stay, man, it comes it comes a sacrifice, and yep. sometimes you have to sacrifice the person who even brought you here to stay. So man that's a tough situation but transition a little bit we were kind of talking about arriving versus continuous growth one of these days you're gonna be standing in the end zone with the ball in your hand with 90,000 people going crazy yeah right and that moment is going to come that that moment in time and space will arrive Yep. Yep. right how are you gonna respond to that how do you respond and not get complacent and to keep going and to keep pushing yourself what are your thoughts
3: shoot man uh that's a great question um i remember these last 2 weeks just have been tough tough 2 weeks cuz uh i've been getting some good reps in uh meaning like you know i've been getting some reps in uh with like you know twos and threes uh just cuz you know i'm trying to get i'm trying to get back to where i was before uh with the playbook and obviously in spring ball uh before i got hurt it was it was a lot more simple uh playbook now it's (laughs) way more complex um which you know i was ready for uh it just takes reps that's the biggest thing that's probably one of the biggest things i've noticed at at this level uh it takes reps and you know that's what i've been getting um but no i remember if you if you're at practice or if you just i remember coach beck said uh he said you're you're too hard on yourself if i give you a compliment you need to take it because i don't give out compliments very often (laughs) <laughs> and he just said that because he he, uh, he gave me a compliment. I was like, no, it wasn't good enough. He said, he was like, no, it was good. And I was like, it wasn't good enough. And he's just like, well, if I give you a compliment, you better take because I ain't going to give them out very often. Uh, so that kind of tells you my mindset it's never good enough it's kind of a bad thing in some ways but it's also a good thing because you know. I can be too hard on myself and bring myself down um, on a play that wasn't even that bad once you watch it again Right. so it's never as bad as you think and it's never as good as you think which is a common quote that I've gotten to learn and it's very true especially at this level no doubt like how do you strive to be more than where
1: you are right now but also accept and love exactly where you're at right now yep yep
3: yep yeah right
1: that's something that we all face yeah, on a day so basis
3: big perfectionist i want to be i just
1: want to be great that's all no doubt okay so do you have a plan b for after football yeah
3: no no i don't
1: plan a right that's yeah, the only plan talk to me about that plan a mindset and that plan a mentality how do you how do you when you wake up every day and let's say your mind, your subconscious is, is looking for that plan B, wants to be wants to be lazy, wants to take it easy, wants to just chill.
3: How do you tap in and stay in that plan A mentality? You got to do exactly what your mind's telling you not to, or exactly what your mind's telling you not to do. Yeah. So like if you're if you're if you're lazy and you want to sleep, you got to do the exact opposite. I guess what I'm trying to say. No. Doubt. Um, yesterday, I was honestly having this type of way. Way. It was a Sunday. I was like, "Well, we have practice tomorrow. I don't know if I should go work out or get a run in." But I got home and I was like, "Nah, screw it. I need to. I want to go run, and get my legs fresh, because otherwise I'll be dead tomorrow. It's a bye week. I, I, I just gotta get my blood flowing again." Um, so I went. I it was. It was actually. It was fun. I had fun with myself at the, in the, uh, facility. Uh, I went to the hawks, turned on some music, ran some routes, did some blocking. Uh, you know, got got the blood flowing, got a good sweat going. Uh, no, I felt great. I loved it. But yeah, it's kind of it's kind of what I do. You were in there by yourself. Yep. Yep. Yep.
1: I remember those days and uh, I, you know, I had the luxury of, you know, going in there with Brock sometimes and my, a couple other buddies when they visited. But more often than not, it was me, myself and I. Yeah. With the knee brace out in the yep, Hawks. Yeah. You'll uh, you'll appreciate those moments, even though as, as lonely as they feel at times. Like you'll never get those back, and it's just those it's those moments where you're consciously choosing this over that. Yeah, you know, plan A over plan B.
3: Oh no, yeah. You if you uh, I remember when I got I got switching it back to when I first got hurt. Um, it was right. It was it was April April twenty ninth when I had my surgery, and everyone went out for what was it? Spring break, fall break? Yep, spring break. Yep. And I was alone at the suites for the whole what three weeks, four weeks. Everyone was gone. I'd have to I drive back and forth so like once or twice uh, the whole time. I drove back from to to home in Omaha, and then when I got back, it felt so dead. I, I was able to park in the front row, walk like five steps to the yeah. to this to the suites. Everyone's light was off except for my one light at the bottom, floor one. It was just lonely. The, the i remember walking the suites i could picture people being there and like you know doing the normal things that you know gabe and heinrich would do but i was just in there i had the air boots on or the recovery boots and i would just sit there and watch some tv uh, and netflix and it's kind of that's kind of what i did so it's crazy no
1: doubt it's crazy being an iowa boy you already bleed husker red
3: oh yeah well I was born in I was born in Omaha, Nebraska, but I was I I, I moved to I've been all over the place. I moved to DeCama, Nebraska, a small town. I went there from pre K to fifth grade. Then I moved to South Dakota and then back to Iowa. But shoot, I remember Thanksgiving days when my family, me and my cousins, would be out there. Had the my family had the full had the rest of the game on blast against Iowa. I'll never forget, it. and we. We'd be on the front yard. We could hear the TV through the windows, and we'd be going play by play like we're Husker fans. And I was, I was, I, I bled red when I was born, man. You should see I have pictures of it. It's crazy, dude. I remember you telling me I used to watch you. Yeah. I used to only watch you. Yeah, no, I remember <laughs> shoot. I, I shoot. I watch you only now. Sometimes I, I won't forget that Ohio State play you had was crazy. Remember me of an like NFL play a cornerback had, but doing it as a linebacker. When you slid, like you slid. Yeah. It was a swing route by Trevion Henderson who you slid to make the play to slow down. And you tackled him for a loss on like a fourth down or third down, huge play. Yeah, I felt and like James Bond when that, I did that. That shit was crazy. That was crazy. <laughs> nah, something I won't forget right there. Dude, it
1: amazes me your passion for this place. What is your vision for
3: the future? What is your vision for your time here in Nebraska? Shoot, man. Only the best. I want to make it to like the national championship. I want to help bring it back to what it was. I hate, I hate seeing, I hate it when people say the potential that we have. Like, cause we do have the potential, but we just haven't done nothing with it, like, for a while. Like, we're so close, but I hate that so close. I hate saying we're so close when I don't like, it's just, I just don't like to be close. I want to be better than that. I want to win. Dude, when you're a senior,
1: there shouldn't, there shouldn't be any talk about being close yeah that's the goal you know my hope for you is that your senior year it's like we are we are who we think we are yep 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 you know what i mean yeah so that's crazy
3: i think we can be we got a lot of talent coming in here and a lot of the right mindset and so no doubt appreciate you hopping on thomas it's been great conversation
0: bro
1: and the future is bright for you brother absolutely man you too you too
0: well, thanks again to Thomas Fedoni for joining us here on The Beat. When we come back, Joe and I will close the show. You're listening here to The Beat.
3: You're listening to The
0: Beat with Jojo Doman, brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate. Final segment of The Beat, Sean Callahan. Jojo Doman's been a great show, As uh, had Thomas Fedoni in the last three segments Telling his story here with Jojo. As you heard, we're brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate with locations from Omaha to Binkelman and everywhere in between handling all of your insurance and real estate needs. That is locally owned and operated Edgewater Insurance. But this final segment of the program brought to you by S&W Fence, uh, Omaha and Lincoln handling all of your commercial and residential fencing needs for your best defense in the game check out S and W fence proud segment sponsor of the beat podcast, Joe and two games left and and your role is going to be a lot different. These next two weeks Um, you've kind of had to, you know, put on a different hat, so to speak, but you've had a bye week um, and you've had some time, uh, but Isaac Gifford and Phelan Stanford were officially listed. Number one, two on that nickel Um, What is your role now with some of these guys, getting them ready uh, for these final two weeks?
1: Yeah, just continually uh, lead by example. Um, Nothing changes in that regard. Uh, Continue to be an energetic uh, leader on the sideline and throughout the week. uh, We have a lot to play for, even though we're not bowl eligible um, and even though we've lost some coaches, we still have a lot to play for. you got to remember these guys are playing this week, didn't play us last year because of COVID, um my interpretation was they didn't want to break their winning streak against us and then the week after this we got a we got a big time opponent too that we owe so there's still a lot to play for and i saw something um written about it's going to test the culture of this program and like i couldn't agree more with that like the <sighs> this is a tough situation to be in you know it's easy it would be easy to to just throw the hat in and and, and just give up. It, it, it's safer for everybody. It takes less effort. It takes less commitment, um, less painful. But that's not what Nebraska's ever been built on, and it's not what we stand for, and we just have to go out there and, and be about it.
0: Yeah, these games with Iowa and Wisconsin, I mean, they, they've they've gotten the upper hand in Nebraska, obviously, several years in a row, but you guys have been close in a lot of these games. I mean, what, what do you think is the deciding piece to get you over the hump in some of these games? Um, just, I mean, you've been been a part of a, a lot of them I mean I go back you didn't travel to Madison right your freshman year no I was there and you when guys, we lost oh, an OT. and I mean you think about Nebraska you guys were in the freaking top 10 in that game yep I mean you, you can talk to these young guys and be like I played with Nebraska when we were in the top 10 and it was ABC college football primetime game seven and0 Nebraska. Against Ohio or against Wisconsin, I mean, you guys were a bad pass interference call away. Yeah, on Wester I mean, Western Camp got tackled. I by, remember that. Was it Watt? I don't even know. I think but TJ he, Watt tackled Wester Camp. That was TJ Watt. Yes, that makes sense. And they did not call a pass interference, and then you guys lost in overtime. But I mean, you've you've been through a lot of these games now in your career, in Nebraska. Yeah. Yeah. These are tough opponents. They're kind
1: of built on the same blueprint as us, uh, blue collar uh, programs that that develop their players. And it's about the culture like it is anywhere. And we might not get the most highly touted recruits, but you get guys that want to play harder than the guys across from them. So uh, just all in all, I guess they've had that upper hand on us. Um, And, you know, you can always point to well, if on this play, if this dude did something different and on this play, this dude just did something different. But when it keeps happening that way, you just got to own the collective whole of it. Like, we're obviously, we got to change something. We got to tweak something. We have to differentiate our approach um, slightly. You know, change 1%. You know, you change one degree and you go long enough distance, you're really far away from uh, where you were going to be if you just stayed on that initial line. So, Yeah. That, I, that, that would be the difference to me is we just got to gotta adjust 1% to, to get the upper hand on them and not be the guy
0: that doesn't. Would this have been a game that you would have been playing a lot or would you match personnel? And, you know, when they're going two tight ends, two backs and some of those things, I mean, do you have to, I mean, you have to kind of change your personnel in those situations, right? Or would they have said, you know what, we got to keep you on the field regardless?
1: You know, I, I think they would keep me on the field regardless, but it does change the style of play, and I'd be a, I'd be in a lot more uh, physical situations and in tighter spaces, probably playing six tech a little bit, and digging out the c gap. So, um, which would have been really hard with the condition of my hand, and yeah, you know, I was up for it. I really, I was been on my mind since we lost to them last year, and I uh, felt like I left some plays on the field that could have changed the course of that game, and. You know, that stings, but I got to let my pride aside and, and trust in the bigger plan
0: and the bigger purpose for my football career. Iowa is the, I mean, you talk about rival, that's the one, like most guys. I mean, you talk about their kicker coming in the stadium and blowing kisses at Scott Frost. And I mean, guys have to get mad. I mean, I, I know someone in Iowa is going to listen to this and write about it, so we got to be careful what we say. But like that stuff has yeah. to get you fired up. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, and the fact
1: that we've lost on field goals—it's just so close every year. Like it—that it, stings. And then, like I said already, like Wisconsin not wanting to play us last year, Barry Alvarez made the call
0: to, uh, to you know, how mad were guys last year? I mean, because you went into Ohio State and you played about two and a half good quarters against the team that ended up playing the national championship, and yep. you're going to come back home. It was Halloween. I remember that weekend and vividly, and it was beautiful weather out, and it was going to be an awesome – no no fans, of course, but it was just going to be an awesome setting to play a football game in. Yeah,
1: we were on the come up. They were struggling. Um And, dude, I remember it was like a big deal. Like, they've won X amount of games versus us in a row, and
0: they didn't want the smoke. <laughs> well, they had all the co- – well, they, they, like, had all the COVID cases pop up. Right. But, you know, COVID – it's one of those things, if you want to test for COVID – like you can find it, like if, if absolutely if you want to do full out PCR testing on everybody, you're gonna find it because PCR tests, you know, detect COVID that might be non It might be you know, it stays in your system longer, but you're you're no longer contagious. I've it, heard of more false positives with that PCR test than real positives. Well, I mean, we dealt with my own kids. Like one of my daughters on a Thursday, a couple weeks ago, tested negative on antigen, like what you guys used to do, the, the daily big tens, and then. Yep. We go to the doctor because we thought it might have been strep throat. Like, well, we're just going to test her for COVID or the PCR. Positive. So, you know, that that was a weird time we lived through last year. No doubt. Um, you know, with where we're at right now and, and COVID. And it, it's crazy that we're still, I mean, Aaron Rodgers and guys are still dealing with some of this stuff right now. Yeah, it is wild. and is
1: you know it, it it does have a real effect on on real people and just because it hasn't affected me doesn't mean it's not affecting other oh yeah people. i mean no
0: it's a it's a real deal we all agree that there's i mean a lot of stuff going on but it's just been you think about just the last year of what everybody in you know, the not just football but everyone everywhere has dealt with this is cr- i mean crazy to think about it is crazy
1: and where do we go from here hopefully one of these days we will move on from it completely but until then, we got to continue to just, you know, cope, I guess. So you travel for this one, right?
0: I'll be in Madison, yes. And you'll be – you and Honus will be kind of in like a player-coach role? <laughs> yeah. I'll be rooming with Honus, and we got to
1: – you know, as the veteran leaders that aren't on the field, like I'm going to take responsibility for the, the energy and the mindset off the field. And even though I can't run on that field and hit somebody or take the ball away – I can encourage and help my teammates get in the right mindset to go do that. Do you wear a you wear a jersey still? I'm not. You know, I haven't got to that point don't know I, don't yet.
0: Know. I don't know. Yeah, it's got to be because you've never traveled and not played before like this. I mean, right. it's got to be unique. So, I mean, in your job is to be there for Isaac and and to help the coach. I mean, it's got to have been just a weird week in general after what happened last week. I mean, because no one at Nebraska has been around that where four coaches were let go in a week. And you had to kind of keep your composure and say, "We got to play two games still, right?" And like
1: arguably, our two most important games for pride and for respect. So the way it's unfolding is really interesting. And um, hindsight, hindsight will be twenty twenty, you know, in two weeks. But as of right now, we got to dig deep. Um, We're going to see uh, what this program is made of from top to bottom, and it's on the guys in the locker room to overcome all the obstacles and circumstances that are you know, put in our way for us not to be successful and for us to overcome those and still find a way
0: to win. All right, Joe, Well will see you in Madison, man. All right, bro. Thanks for listening to The Beat with Jojo Doman, powered by Husker Online. Join us for another show next week, brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate.